Hey gang, on episode three of Thanks for Playing with DSM, we talk to Deb Angeletta about how she makes CEOs more money, Charlene does math under pressure, and Leon gives away a sweet-ass plastic trophy. Here we go. Everybody on three. One, two, three. Thanks, Thanks for playing. Oh, Somebody was, so was way off on the note. Somebody was All right, so uh, the third Thanks for Playing podcast features an absolutely spectacular guest with whom I have... How long have I known you now? Not super long. I don't know, 10 years? <laughs> don't say it feels like it. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Not very long, but in a very short amount of time. Fast friends, fair to say? Fast friends. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you. That makes me feel good. Yeah. So, so that lovely voice you're hearing is... Deb Angeletta. Thank you, Deb. Why don't you introduce yourself for everybody that, for the five listeners I think we have as of the third <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Deb Angeletta, CEO and founder of Angeletta Associates. We are an outsourced CFO firm. We are specialized in IT managed service providers. Oh, it's awesome. Very succinct. And my, my lovely co-host from DSM this week is... Charlene Wingfield. The one and only. And Charlene, what, it is, what is it the hell that you do here? Um, a lot of things. Oh, wait, wait. What don't you do here is probably the better question. <laughs> I do the books. I do mm-hmm. HR. Uh, yeah. You've a done windows, too, I right? think, yeah. And, and vacuuming. And vacuuming. It's crazy what they make I us do yes. here. And she's got very jealous jewelry. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. I like it. Lots of bling. Okay, so... Deb, I started to talk about this at a relatively high level, but this is the Thanks for Playing podcast. So the idea of our po- of our little humble podcast with six, maybe five, whatever it is, listeners, um, is that we, we, we make it game-based in order to keep things fun. So we're going to have sort of a standard interview back and forth, question, commentary, but we're, we like to bring one sort of outside relatively fun element in. And this, this podcast, it's called <coughs> The Ring of Fire is the name of the game. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I can see by your face that... It's a little bit terrifying. Um, the what I was given is it's the the premise is we're going to solve the world problems while DSM screams at you. I don't know if that makes any sense quite yet, but but I haven't actually been through this yet. So <laughs> what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is throughout our interview, okay, I'm gonna ask you, you know, I'm gonna go through sort sort of questions about what it is you do and how you know how we relate and tie back to the kind of the blog post that we wrote. But w- we're gonna ask word problems. And you guys have to solve. There may be some math involved. Right? You, you gotta CFOs. My, gotta go. Where's, where's my calculator? I gotta go. I <laughs> They're reaching for their phones. Calculator. You're both CFOs. So <laughs> we may give you some strategic math problems. But to, to add an element of excitement, you're going to be surrounded by DSM staff who are going to be screaming numbers and calculations at you while you do this. It will be a timed response. Now, the winner of this contest gets an amazing, Vanna White, please, can you show it? The spectacular (laughs) trophy, which will be embezzled with your name (laughs) for winning the game. The runner-up will get a runner-up ribbon. Oh, a ribbon. Which is candidly not as impressive as the, (laughs) the, the trophy. Which is a significant trophy. It is. It is. It's a yeah. It's, it's impressive. Does, does the tr- trophy fit a shot? <laughs> it actually, does. It's literally the exact same nice. size. Um, all right. So so having so so again, not not to get too nervous. If anybody wants a beer, you might need it. Let let us know at any point. But um, let's get into the meat of the discussion, Deb, if you don't mind. And I'm gonna kind of ask you some questions. So first, let's 
give us your pitch, right? Like introduce what you do and then talk a little bit about how you got into it because it's a relatively unique business and we want to hear more about it and our six listeners do too. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, for the six, six listeners that are out there, you know, it, just basically I've got a big extensive finance background. So what the heck else was I going to do, right? <laughs> after I left corporate. So, um, uh, you know, basically just uh, transition from corporate, used to be a Wall Street trader and I uh, had my daughter and I was like, hey, you know what? I can't be trekking into the city every mm. day. I'm never going to see my kids. So I decided to start my own business and, you know, from the ground up and I was always very talented in finance. So I decided to stay yeah. in my lane in my zone of genius. And I just started going out there networking, doing some work for people, small basis, recruited my former CEO as my first client, awesome, which was fantastic. And awesome. it just really grew from there. So simple enough. Th you make it sound so easy, but that was a fairly significant leap of faith, right? To, like, what, what oh my was gosh. that like? It, what, it was, you know, it's a, such a great question. What was it like? It was like jumping off the yeah. Grand Canyon without, uh, without your parachute. Literally, it was yeah. just terrifying. <clears throat> but you want to know what? Deep down in my in my soul, I knew I had to do it. Yeah. I knew I had to do it, and there was no other way, especially for my <laughs> family's sake. So. It, do you think that's a fairly common problem among entrepreneurs? Like I, I've always wrestled with this because, you know, we all listen to podcasts and listen to all these people profess about it. I really think the difference between a successful entrepreneur, which is essentially what you what you've become. Right. And someone who isn't is just courage. I mean, that's the cheesy way of saying it. But, you know, like and a just really big set of brass <laughs> balls. <laughs> yeah, that's a better way. <laughs> what I was going to say, but I didn't want to. Oh, this is tough. I have two. I'll say it for you, Leon. It's all right. I'll be your mouthpiece. All good. Oh, but, but, but hashtag truth. It right? does. I mean, it does. And you want to know what you have to be in the right state of mind and fear is it's actually your friend. You have yeah. to use it to your advantage because fear is just part of it. You've got to get comfortable with discomfort. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and that's yeah. the big reality of becoming a business owner because sure. every single one of your weaknesses is going to come back at you. <laughs> And you're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna be faced with it, and you yeah. just have to have the courage, as you said, to be able to face those fears sure. and just bust through it. Sure. Now, uh, so talk to us about what what an engagement looks like with a client. Like, how does the dynamic work about how you, like, a day in the life, if you will, of what you do for your clients? Tell us about that. Well, you know, it really starts off with um, having a sales call and uh -huh. a really in-depth sales call. And, you know, people are afraid of sales. And I actually love sales because <laughs> it's my opportunity to really deep dive into what does this person really need and what do they want. And so, really, it's all driven by what they want. Listen, I've got charts. I've got fancy things I can do. I have people that can help them. But if I don't get to the core of what they want, yeah. you know, some people want to make money in their business. Some people don't care about that. Some people want to become an influencer. It doesn't matter. You have to understand what they want. And really, a day in a life is just really talking with my clients and moving them forward and just getting the roadblocks out of the way. That's really as simple as it. I know it sounds really super simple, yeah. but it's as complicated as you make it mm -hmm. or as simple as you make it. And so it all is based on what they want. And, sure. you know, as we'll probably talk about with, did, you know, with digital marketing, it's the same thing. You just got to get to the core of what your client sure. wants. Sure. Now, before we get to that, it's so you, you have a you also have a specific niche, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the clients that you cater to. Now, I ha happen to have a background in information technology. Yeah. So, so give us some perspective on both how you operate within that industry and what's going on in that industry right now. I think that's a big picture. Yeah, what's going on in that industry? I mean, it's blowing up, obviously, yeah. especially, you know, managed services, especially in cybersecurity, they have managed services when it comes to uh, managed security services, MSSP versus the MSP. But yep. 
You know, it is something that's exploded, but a lot of these companies are very, very small companies earning about, you know, one to three million a year. Sure. But a lot of their practices are dated back to the 1980s. They really think they, ha they have to have a lot of in-house staff. They can outsource a lot of their, their workforce. But, you know, there's key pieces that they can use and create an executive level team to really help them. Sure catapult their business and they're not thinking from that perspective from a strategic standpoint they're just doing the same thing every day which is funny it's a very progressive industry it is. right and you would you would th bleeding edge right and you would think that everything would follow suit but not always the case it doesn't and as they get more clients their expenses yeah. go up so right. it's like in tandem and right. it's teaching them to start looking at that <laughs> more strategically and clear and so. i see a lot of people starting to gather around <laughs> and starting to make me very nervous exactly. well, this is where the street <laughs> fighter is yeah. going to come out in about two <laughs> seconds i think they're going to start throwing numbers at oh, us uh, yeah uh, all right so so, good segue. So, let me ask you guys the first question. Now, we're not providing, are we, pro oh, we're providing you with paper. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, fine. Enjoy. All right. So, so I'm going to read you guys a word problem and the ring of fire will begin. Are we timing this? Who's timing this? Oh, yeah, there's a reminder of what you're playing for. The the very substantial, the very substantial ring of fire trophy. Uh, which we'd like to get a shot for social, by the way. Of the I Ring think of my eight-year-old got a bigger trophy for her <laughs> dance recital over the By the, the way, weekend. by the way, very politically charged. This is not a participation trophy, all right? You either win this or you lose it. That's how this is going to go down. We're not soft on our players here. Okay, so what is our, what's our time limit, Maria? Let's do a minute. Okay, whoa. <laughs> we, we have a minute. Maria's going to start the clock right after I read the question, okay? So the first question of the Ring of Fire game is, I'm building suspense, Mel had $35 and withdrew some money from his bank account. He bought a pair of trousers at $34, two shirts at $16 each, and two pairs of shoes at $24 each. After the shopping, he had $32 left. How much money did Mel withdraw from the bank? Go! <laughs> Charlene is making a face. <laughs> Go, guys. Come on, Ring of Fire. 33. Oh, no. Six. Oh, dear God. The calculators are furiously being punched right now. I can't, I can't tell you who's in the win. 32 minus 48. Charlene is clearly, she's visibly shaken. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like confused. Like, what number are you looking for? Visibly shaken. I... Guys, you just—you're gonna have to give us an answer. Eleven, nine. But, wait, you got a few seconds, Charlene. Forty-four. You're just gonna take a shot in the dark. Yeah. What was it? And hammer up. The answer is one hundred and eleven dollars. Yeah. Wow. One hundred and eleven dollars. No, no, I you, no, no. I know, right? Mel is a very frugal shopper. Very, very frugal Mel would shopping. not get my phone number, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Okay, so the game is currently zero to zero. <laughs> we, should, we should write it up on the board. The trophy is, in, is not in jeopardy of, <laughs> of being won at this point. Which, if, if no one wins this, I'll be very disappointed. It's such a substantial piece. Oh, my gosh. All right, so, ladies, nicely done. Although I'd like to see some, you know, some legitimate answers. Um, <laughs> so... So, so all right. So, Deb, let's let's talk a little. Okay. Uh, for those of for those of our six, maybe seven listeners, um, oh, <laughs> Emily just showed me a note that said we took these from a site for fifth graders. <laughs> the numbers. <laughs> so, not not trying to use that as a dig or anything, but all right. Anyway, so 
for those of our six or maybe seven listeners, or maybe four after this, um, we did a, a blog post um, on sort of how to successfully engage with a marketing agency from both a, a CFO's perspective and an agency's perspective, which I was really excited to do, and I'm really proud of it. Um, so I have a question specific around that post, which is as a CFO m- working with an agency, um, what things do you want to see um, to hold us accountable? So we talked about this a little bit, right? But what are you going to measure as a CFO sitting in the desk that you sit in? What are you going to measure a marketing agency on? And, and we can elaborate on this because I know there's a historic challenge associated with that. So let's let's kind of dive into that a little bit. So I'm actually going to give you an answer that's not financial. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'd love it. I'd love I'm going to just kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see willingness. I want to see the willingness that yeah. what you're going to put forth and how you're going to take care of me and how you're going to answer questions and be attentive mm. to what me and my client need. So that's one big part of it. Yeah. But, you know, we can always go into the numbers as well, which well, is, I'm sure is next. Well, it's it's a it's a metric of success. You know, I don't it doesn't necessarily have to be a number. Right. So one yeah. of the things we spoke about in the post is there are some intangibles mm-hmm. by which it makes sense to measure an agency's efficacy on. But, you know, some of those things are hard for people to grasp. Right. So the eternal battle is always the return on the investment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's 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 talk like how when you're sitting in a meeting right with the executive team and they're asking about whether or not marketing is working. How does that how does that conversation go? I'm, I mean, I'm learning from this, obviously, as we go. So, so you mean the executive team from the perspective of the agency that they're asking, or the client? The client, the okay. client, right? So we just, you know, we just spent one hundred fifty thousand dollars on marketing. What did we get? Yeah. Right? So, are you, in your experience, do do people generally measure on revenue, on you know, met- website traffic? Like, what do you see as as the real successful? You know, How do you know it's a good engagement with your market? So for me, I know I'm going to dig down into the numbers. I want to know the engagement. Mm-hmm. I want to know all the analytics behind it. And then I want to know conversions and, and what happened. But really for you know, most of my clients, they just want to know, did this put money in my pocket? Yeah. They always go back to the ROI, and that's mm-hmm. what it does come down to. Um, and so for me, it's a little bit different because yeah. I'm trying to paint the picture and then tell them what the picture is and where we need to tweak. But sure. other than that, they're really concerned with ROI. And to tell you the truth, the metrics don't make any sense to them anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and well, that's a good point, right? So and and, and you know, <laughs> we wrestle with this, you know, a fair amount. You know, and and my my what frustrates me the most sometimes is. When a when a prospect a prospective client calls and says, you know, we just want to get our name out there. Well, that's and exactly. <laughs> and I, so. I always cringe, and I'm like, uh, how how are you going to measure whether or not we're successful at that? I mean, I, I I'd yeah. rather I'd rather we have a real specific conversation about, it, and that's when we engage with a client, we ask like, what are you going to measure us on? Because getting your name out there is very difficult to measure and monitor and you know and track performance so sure but once again it's all based on what does the client want and even in my business i'm thinking that they want to engage me because they want to increase their revenue sometimes they just want to get known yeah yeah. and be and so if they're talking about brand awareness then i'm sure that there's there's things that you can do around that and yeah it is hard to measure but if that's what they want you can give it to them. <laughs> sure, you as can best give we possibly them. can. Yeah, brand awareness or conversions. Yeah. That's really yeah. kind of both two camps that most <laughs> CEOs fall into yeah. for the most part. So and now on the same trail, another thing that we sometimes wrestle with and can be a point of frustration at times for agencies is the dynamic between, so let's say, you know, uh, whatever organization that you represent. And I, I spend a bulk of my career client side, so I can speak to this as well. But what is 
in vague generalities, if you will, the, the connection usually between marketing and finance. You know, the team, the internal finance teams at an organization and the marketing teams. Because candidly, it doesn't always seem like they're on the same page at all times. I mean, what, what, do, you, what, do, you say, <laughs> what do you say to that? Yeah, they're two very different personalities. Yeah. The marketing team is very creative. They're very much wanting to experiment with things and just be really open. And re they treat it in a really, really fun manner. Finance, <laughs> usually, <laughs> the, the, it's like boom, 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 right? Because they have to go and ask yeah. finance for the money because they have to fund it. Sure. So marketing really has to put on a nice dog and pony show for the finance in order for finance to give up the money. So it's very different personalities competing with each other. And I like to think that I bridge the gap between the two yeah. because it's it can make sense for both sides, right? Sure. So Now, Charlene, as a, as a CFO for a marketing agency, we have no choice, right, but to be connected at that hip. But but you deal a lot, as we do, with the clients directly as well. What do you have this a similar perspective? Like, do we, are we always on the same page with what we're trying to accomplish and what your objectives are? <laughs> it's a loaded question, Charlie. Um, <laughs> yes and no. Okay, <laughs> fair answer. Yes, I mean it's the same. It's it's the same thing because there's a lot of creatives that yeah. work in a in a marketing firm, and when you're doing the books, it's. <laughs> poor, poor Charlene <laughs> likely wants to wring our necks most of the time. You know, we're 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 a big idea shop, and big ideas generally cost money. Right. You know, and there's it's that battle. So that it's and we try to meet in the middle, which is kind of what you're saying that you bridge yeah. the gap, and yeah. that's what we try to do too. We try to cut meet in the middle, but it's hard. Because we try to make a lot of people happy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's our job. <laughs> and Charlene, you know, it's a, it, I I should have asked you this earlier too because I I, I want to uh, talk a little bit about your background and how you got to be here. I know it's like kind of serendipitous with it's Darren. It's actually the very similar. Yeah. I was in the city too, and um, on the trading floor, and then the same thing. I went and had kids and stayed home for a little bit, and then uh, Darren was doing stuff working with my husband yeah. and uh and he said he needed somebody <laughs> and i was ready to come back to the workforce love it yep you poor lady sister <laughs> from another mother <laughs> <You> somehow <laughs> ended up here yeah <laughs> all right where's my ring of fire mm. let's get to the next oh. <laughs> the next Wait, fifth you, grade you're question started, your starting numbers were not right okay well here's right. the you, you listen you this can all be uh ernst and young will be auditing all <laughs> i was just about to say where's the auditor yeah <laughs> we'll be auditing all of these questions after the fact so this one is shorter. I need y'all to pay attention. Why did I just say y'all? I want to make you lose. <laughs> okay. I'm starting to like sweat. All right, Maria, you got your timer? <laughs> Maria's learning how to use an iPhone. This is actually happening as we speak. I don't think. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not how the game works. Don't be changing rules. The trophy is on the line. Okay. Pay attention now. Question two for the Ring of Fire. A painter charges $225 for materials and $35 per hour for labor. The total cost of painting an office is $330. How many hours did it take the painter to paint the office? Go. 17. Oh, 8,000. 7,926. Samsonite. Four. Four. The calculators are still rocking. There's pens going. Three hours. There's pens going. Three hours. Three hours is correct. We have two. Two right answers right. there. You got a first you, you should, was that like a third grade, not a fifth grade? Because that seemed like that was a little too easy. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, so I passed third grade. It is Mom now, would be proud. It is now one to one. The trophy is still anybody. It's anybody's trophy. It really is anybody's shot glass trophy. Excuse me. Oh, this is such a great game. Um, all right, so 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 let's go back to let's go transition back to the business game. Deb, what is the hardest industry that you've ever had to work with? 
They're still yelling numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ring of fire. Emily, Calm down. Hate to the party. Um, the toughest industry as far as client that I've had? Yeah, from, as, a, as a representative, uh, as a CFO representative. what's the? I mean, IT is fairly difficult. Let's call it what it is. I mean, there's a lot of complexities there. but There are. But, you know, I'd, honestly, I've always had really good clients. That's great. Um, <coughs> So with let me let's be specific within what's the toughest part of your job, you know within the industry that you serve and the people that you cater to, and, and you know what, <laughs> it, we probably have all seen a lot of the similar or, or the same answers, and I'm sure Charlene's experienced them too. I'm sure there's always a, just a very different perspective on where the money's coming from and where it has to go. Yeah, you know, like what's the toughest part? So I think that the toughest part. A lot of the businesses that I work with, they've been in business for a long time. Yeah. So anywhere from 1980 to, <laughs> to now. And I think that it's just shifting their mind from way back here till now, especially in the digital age, mm -hmm. and then really understanding what it's like to do business today sure. and having that virtual environment and having that digital component to marketing. I think for some of those companies, it is <coughs> digital for them to make the leap in their head because especially digital marketing isn't tangible. They yeah. can't like pick up a newspaper or pick up a magazine <coughs> and see their advertising or put on the TV. And I think that that transition is very, very difficult in their mind. They don't understand this social thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so digital marketing, it's a, it's a good transition and I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. I, I think that if I'm being honest, I think a lot of us in the marketing space overcomplicate digital marketing and the explanation of digital marketing, right? We, we try to simplify that discussion because we understand that some of these older businesses who have no experience in this game really just can't have a hard time wrapping their arms around it. And, and you know, it's not as complex as people make it out to be. So we try to simplify it down to the bare necessities, which is really all marketing is about is understanding the target as well as you possibly can and then crafting, excuse me, a message and a narrative that speaks directly to that person and then make sure you're getting the message in front of them at the right place in the right time. I mean, that's that's the, the simplest level. Now, that's way oversimplifying because there's a lot of science to digital marketing these days that goes on behind the scenes, but we try to break it down to the most simplistic level like you know, that we can and it seems to resonate, right? And, and But that's a really, let's continue on that path because we, f we find that a lot of sort of the older businesses, is it fair to say that they historically have a bad taste um, in their mouth from marketing? Like we see, we come across that a fair amount. Like, yeah, because because they just didn't even get results or they didn't understand. And I yeah. think that's a thing more than anything else. They don't understand what they're getting themselves into. Right. So it's a matter of a little bit of an education <laughs> process. And I think a lot of people just throw money against yeah. the wall when it comes to marketing. They're like, oh, well, so-and-so is <laughs> doing it. So they just kind of follow the pack instead of yeah. actually asking the right questions and, and interviewing multiple people and just kind of seeing what the diversity is out sure. there, what's going to work for them. Sure, sure. So if you were to give us advice on the best way to present an agency to one of your clients, what would it be? Like, what's the one thing we should focus on? I always think focusing on what is it that the client wants? Mm. Because I also think that, and listen, it's natural. Yeah. What, what you When you walk in, you walk in with a presentation. But I think if you can get to the core of what they want, because I think a lot of times digital marketing agencies go in with a thought of what you sure. think they want. Yep. So it's a difference between needs and wants. You probably know what they need, but you have to get to what they want. And I think if you can do that, that's going to yeah. set you apart from everybody else. Sure, sure. That's fair. Okay. Ring of fire. 
Look, I, everybody's everybody goes back to their desk. They're trying to get work done. They never know when I'm going to call them. It's, uh, it's like they come out from yeah. like yeah. I don't I, the cracks and the come crevices. Out of the trees. And I, you know, I didn't realize that the ring of fire was like the the symbol for everybody mm -hmm. to start. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. I didn't either. I just we, we just oh, we're yeah, rolling with it here. It's just, it's just working. Oh okay, so this is the last question, the tiebreaker, if you will. Question three, for all the marbles. Shit, if we if we have to split this, we're gonna be screwed. I'll just cut it. Can I cut that right in half? Yeah. After we use it. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, Maria, get ready with that timer. Yeah. John can eat a sixth, sixth, excuse me, sixth of a pizza in two minutes. It takes three minutes for Billy to eat one quarter of the same pizza. If John and Billy start eating one pizza each, who will finish first? <laughs> I'll I'll read this I one hate again. Fractions. I'll yeah. read this one again. You want me to read it again? Yeah. Okay. Ready? This one's this one's like clearly sixth grade. <laughs> John can eat a sixth of a pizza in two minutes. It takes three minutes for Billy to eat one quarter of the same pizza. If John and Billy start eating one pizza each, who will finish first? Go. Billy. Twenty-two. John. Is it pepperoni? Minutes. Is it pepperoni? Twelve. Shit, they both got it. Twelve minutes. <laughs> Ah, oh, we don't have a tiebreak question. We have to figure this out. Ah, <laughs> uh, they may have to share the trophy. <laughs> Ring of Fire, thank you very much. That was riveting podcast content. Riveting. That was well done. <laughs> riveting podcast content. All right. <laughs> oh, this would have been better with booze, honestly. That concludes <laughs> the, the major portion of our podcast. Deb, take a couple minutes, plug everything that you got going on. Talk about your site. Talk about, I know you speak a lot. You doing any of that upcoming? What's your handles for Twitter and all oh, that Oh, that's great. Thanks Tell so us much. All that stuff. Yeah, so DebraAngeletta.com, two L's, two T's. Um, all my speaking events are on there. And cool. as far as uh, Twitter, I'm at DebAngeletta. Facebook, you can find me, DebraAngeletta. And that's it. Awesome. How about you, Shar? Anything to plug? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, definitely one of the most successful podcasts as far. <laughs> I am going to saw the trophy, <laughs> the plastic trophy in half, and uh, we'll take a shot for social media. And we'll make sure that we post everything as usual. Follow us at the DSM group. And ladies, thank you very, very much. Deb, we really appreciate it. Thanks, this is, Leon. Uh, thank podcast you. three thank in you. the books. Thank you, Ring of Fire. Ring of are we thanking them for playing the game we're thanking them in advance yeah sure it's a proactive podcast should we, oh, we say, can't change the game can't now. we just say thanks in advance for playing and then at the end once they've played say thanks for playing doesn't make any sense